The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you for staying with us and uh, if you've just joined us, welcome and if you've been with us throughout the morning, we appreciate uh, you listening to the show. Now, before we go on to the forum, I just want to read some of the SMSs because we've had so many and would just like to acknowledge some of them that have come through throughout the show. This one says a different strategy is required. How uh, are this striking employees going about uh, going back to work and on a go slow? that way they will earn their salaries. So uh, that's a suggestion for a way forward there. Another one says, why are the ANC not taking food parcels to the striking miners? Surely the miners' plight is more important than buying votes. Jack Dorlo says, isn't Lonman aware that South African companies don't employ workers, they employ unions? And Moss says, these mine CEOs must share their bonuses with mine workers like Mandela did if they care. Chris King, Chris says, I have previously donated to Gift of the Givers. I will no longer do so following the issuing of food parcels to striking miners. And Ron in Cape Town says our country's economic and labor problem now is that the capitalist exploiters look like us they speak like us, and uh, class differences as well as color differences are what's at play now. And then Mary in PE says, Zuma wants someone for the opposition in his cabinet. Will he consider taking someone who comes to work in red overalls? And Joe in Soweto says, someone told me that Parliament had hired a new cleaning company. Today, he says, the cleaners are on the front pages of some newspapers this morning. And a final one here from Nelson, who says, on the 31st of December 2013, SAF hosted a fortune teller on its afternoon shows and the guest ended the show by predicting that Thabo Mbeki will be president after this election. Please bring her back on air to eat her hat and apologize to all those listeners she lied to. That's from Nelson in uh, Nelson in Paris. So uh, just wanted to acknowledge some of those uh, SMSs coming through and the lines uh, are of course open uh, 34701 and uh, it is the forum at 8 right now so you can call in on 0891-104-208. And uh, this morning, we are discussing on the Forum at 8 this idea, this notion of African solutions for African problems, especially in uh, light of this militant insurrection on the continent. What can be done about that? We look at Nigeria. It is faced with the challenge of uh, locating more than 200 girls who have been kidnapped by militant group Boko Haram. And then uh, there's Al-Shabaab, and they are plotting all of these sporadic bombings in Kenya, and that is continuing. So what can be done by Africans on the African continent? What can we do to halt this militant insurrection on the continent? That is what we are asking in the forum at 8 this morning. Our guest, uh, Isaac Homo, who is a producer for Channel Africa's Spot on Africa. He's in studio in Joburg with us. Thanks for coming in, Isaac. Thank you for inviting and joining us from our Durban studio, uh, Dr. Begi Temba Ngomezulu, Senior Lecturer and Academic Leader for International and Public Affairs in the School of Politics at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Thank you for your time, Doctor. Uh, good morning and good morning to the listeners. As well as uh, Dr. Sylvester Maposa, who is Chief Research Specialist on Governance and Security Program at the Africa Institute of South Africa. And he joins us from our Hatfield Studios in Pretoria. Thanks for your time as well, uh, Dr. Maposa. Thank you and good morning to all listeners. Now, the question is pretty simple uh, to our guest, of course, uh, this morning. How do we stop 
the militant insurrection on the continent. But I suppose if we take a step back, let us start by looking at who is causing all the mayhem on the continent. Uh, let me start with you, Isaac. Well, I talk about the continent. Uh, if you talk about the continent, you're actually looking at it from North Africa, the Sahel, and also East Africa. Now, uh, in North Africa, you had the feast, and you had the, the radical element of the feast, the Algerian party, which came to become the Akim. And then when you go further south, you've got uh, the Ansurdin. Uh, these are Tuaregs, but also very militant, and they are Wahhabis, Salafists. And then you've got another group which has come out called Mujao. Mujao is a Salafist group based in West Africa. It's a movement for jihadism in West Africa. And then you've got the Boko Haram. Now, when you go across to East, East Africa, you've got... Uh, Al Shabaab. Yeah. No, those are the main. But one thing common that they've got, they're all linked to Al Qaeda and they're all followers of the Wahhabist uh, uh, Salafi Islamic movement. But uh, are those the only people who are causing uh, this insurrection on the continent? What about South Sudan? What about the Central African Republic? Uh, South Sudan, they're not there. Uh, Central African Republic, they're not there. Uh, Anti-Balaka and all the other things, they're not there yet. That, uh, the, 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 the Salafis are not there. These are Salafis. And once they were Salafis, these are organized. I mean, they organize at two, at three levels. Yeah, they organize initially at, uh, ideological or at, uh, theological level. Uh, and that they do it openly. They go through Islamic, uh, universities. And there's a very big Islamic university of, of, uh, of, of, of Sudan, Khartoum where it has actually sort of produced a lot of uh, people who later on become uh, leaders, not only of, uh, of, of uh, Al-Shabaab, but also it appears now also Boko Haram. Yeah, that university has got a satellite university in Zanzibar, yeah, and it's actually been looked at now. But there it's just at the theological level. They, they actually expose the Salafist uh, uh, teachings of the Salafist uh, movement of Islam. And at the second level, they've got an economic level. Yeah? Uh, they always go, that also pre- that precedes the military uh, mm. uh, activity. Now, with uh, uh, groups like Ansardin and, uh, and Akim, they used to have that element of actually smuggling uh, uh, cigarettes across the um, uh, Mali Algerian border and that actually sort of financed the operation and also Al-Shabaab they've got a very strong financial wing and it was also Al-Barakat which was uh, uh, they say it's a money laundering but it's a Hawala uh, 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 a side bank which actually sort of used to transfer money across the continent and that did finance um, uh, what you call uh, Al-Shabaab. So you are saying that in the main militant insurrection on the African continent is caused by Islamic groups. Yes, I mean, the ones we're talking about, uh, the three Islamic groups, they're not talking about CAR, I'm not talking about South Sudan. That's a different thing. That's a political issue. This one is political Islam. Okay, but we are talking about all sorts of militant insurrection on the continent. Now, obviously, the problem, Dr. Ngomezulu, is that there is a proliferation of arms and, you know, um, ammunition on this continent. Where did it come from, and how do we stop the tide here? 
for that question. I think there are a couple of issues we have to consider here. I agree entirely with Isaac uh, with the analysis that he has provided and is spot on. Uh, if you look at the origins uh, of these uh, particular groups, uh, Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab and all of that, there is a, com- a common element uh, taking place uh, amongst them. But then another issue which we need to bring into the question here uh, is that uh, there is also an element of thuggerism. In other words, we couldn't just uh, focus, we, we can't just focus on uh, the Islamic faith as being at uh, the source of this problem because uh, if you look at the manner in which they operate not only do they kill Christians but they also kill fellow Muslims who don't have their vision uh, of, of, of the Islamic religion but another factor that comes in which uh, we can also look into uh, in the context of for example what is happening in the Niger Delta region uh, is the fact that the international community cannot be exonerated from all of these uh, problems that Africa is facing if you look at uh, the Niger Delta, for instance, uh, you find that uh, most of the problems that are happening there are sustained by the international community. We have the Italians there, we have the British there, we have the Americans there, all of whom have their vested interests. So basically what happens is that uh, they identify how these groups operate and then they strike deals, secret deals with these uh, groups and therefore they arm them. For instance, if we were to say that uh, Al-Shabaab doesn't have money, Boko Haram uh, doesn't have money, how come that they have uh, uh, sophisticated arms in some instances even more sophisticated than the arms owned by government soldiers. Then the question then is, where do they get all these arms from? So basically then, from where I'm standing, uh, I'm saying that as much as we have these problems being associated with the Islamic Mm. religion, we cannot narrow it down there because there is also an international element which we have to factor in if we are to understand it broadly. Mm. And uh, that, of course, brings us to the question of uh, leadership, Dr. Maposa, because many people lament the lack of leadership when it comes to dealing with this insurrection. Well, thank you. <coughs> uh, before I respond to that question, I think it would be important to highlight that uh, the Islamic-related terrorist groups are not the only scourge on the continent. We have the Lost Resistance Army that has been in operation uh, for over two, three decades now, uh, terrorizing that whole region of Central Africa Republic. And um, they also should um, be highlighted as part of the terrorist scourge on the continent. Uh, coming back to, uh, to your question. Yes. Uh, Briefly, if you, you may reword it for me, please. I was asking about uh, the issue of leadership because many people say what this shows is that there is a lack of leadership on the African continent. The fact that you have these groups, these militant groups that are able to just wreak havoc at will, it seems. Well, uh, it is not only the issue of leadership here. Uh, the problem of terrorism on the continent is quite complex. And so to narrow it down to an area of leadership, uh, it would be a, mis- a misnomer and a misinterpretation of the challenge that we face. We have strong leadership, uh, for instance, in the form of the um, 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 heads of states, uh, as they are also part of the African Union, and they have championed quite a number of uh, efforts uh, towards you know, um, um, eradicating this problem of, of uh, Uh, terrorism. Yes, indeed, leadership does play a part, but that is only a small part. The problem is quite complex and so necessitates, you know, a a complex approach.
We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we continue this conversation. We are talking about militant insurrection on the African continent. How do we stop this tide? And, of course, what does it say to us about leadership on the continent? This is what we are discussing on the forum at 8 this morning. 891 is the number that you can use to call in. Alternatively, you can SMS 34701, tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM. Join us tonight on Top Billing, where your vote could put you in the running to win a curved UHD TV. When a house takes its name from the Bohemian Rhapsody anthem, you know it's going to rock. Seven Delan's Angelique Kerber gets her carnival on in the Seychelles. 5FM DJ Roger Good says if you're stuck in the traffic, you may as well be jamming. And the Godzilla movie gets prehistoric on those who threaten humanity. Don't miss Top Billing tonight at 8.30, only on SABC3. The South African Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Guide, in partnership with SAFM, will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. We invite business from all sectors in the Northwest Province to join us at the Hunter's Rest Resort in Rustenburg on the 23rd of May 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Lachanemi on 082-923-4402 or email at rsvp at bbmmedia.co.za. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you for joining us here on South Africa's News and Information Leader, SAFM. You're listening to the Forum at 8. Now, over the past few years, uh, we've seen scores of people who have lost their lives in attacks orchestrated by extremist groups uh, in various regions of the African continent. Currently, the African continent is faced with the challenge of locating, amongst other things, uh, 270 missing girls who were kidnapped by militant group Boko Haram in Nigeria. At the same time, you have al-Shabaab sporadic bombings in the Kenyan capital of Nairobi. People have raised uh, the issue of uh, the Lord's Resistance Army. There's M23. And all of these groups operating, it would seem, with impunity on the African continent. Now, on the forum at 8 this morning, we'll try and answer the question, how do we solve the problem of militant insurrection on this continent? And our guest this morning is Akhomo from Channel Africa, uh, Dr. Ngome Zulu, who is from the University University of KwaZulu-Natal, as well as Dr. Maposa, who is from AISA. Now, before the break, uh, Dr. Maposa, you were talking about the African Union and the efforts that have been uh, made by the African Union to deal with some of these problems. Just talk us through that very briefly. Well, um, in 1999, the African Union uh, instituted the Convention on the Prevention and Combating of Terrorism and this was uh, finally brought into force in 2002. Um, together with this, the African Union has been working on uh, crafting an African model law around which uh, you know, instruments and uh, ways can be devised on how to prosecute those accused of uh, terrorism acts. And the African Union is uh, in the process of consultation with key stakeholders in the region and internationally around crafting this law. As well, um, the Peace and Security Council Subcommittee on Counterterrorism is in full operation within the African Union. Uh, you know, adding on to that, you know, in Algeria we have the African Center for the Study and Research on Terrorism, 
which is headed by um, 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 a Mozambican uh, ambassador, Francisco Madeira, who is also the special representative of the UN on terrorism. And the center, uh, working with the African Union, with the United Nations, and uh, with civil society, uh, is driving engagement with focal points, uh, and also uh, it is working on capacity building uh, for different actors at different levels to be able to respond to, uh, to the scale of terrorism. And also there is growing awareness that we are making to the public. Um, as you are aware, on the 25th of May, this Sunday, the Peace and Security Council will be meeting in Addis Ababa. And there have been ongoing consultations across the region in Southern Africa, East Africa, West and Central Africa, around um, the role that civil society uh, can make in um, assisting and driving the agenda and uh, implementing uh, some of these instruments that seek to, breed, uh, to build peace and security on the continent. And so there is this whole of society approach to the problem, despite that the, 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 the problem is quite a mammoth task, but there is a positive direct um, um, a direction um, towards you know, engaging the, the issue. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's just bring some of our callers in who want to contribute to this discussion. 0891104208. Anthony in Randburg, good morning. Morning, how are you? Well, and you? I'm okay. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Carry on, Hello? Anthony. Are we yeah. listening? Uh, the, is it, when is a situation where people cover up the truth, you will never be able to find solution, good solution to the problem. The situation in Nigeria is not propelled by Boko Haram. Boko Haram are just instruments in, in the hands of some interests in Nigeria that are trying to destabilize the sanity in Nigeria. Nigeria is a country that has been ruled by Northern Nigeria for over 40 years. And within this period of time, there was no development, no meaningful development in Nigeria. In this same period, a lot of wealth that is derived from Delta, from the south part of Nigeria, was exported by Britain and America to their countries. The same interest that encouraged the leaders, the northern leaders, to lose the country and save the money in their own country. This is why Nigerian economy continues to deteriorate. Now, we have a president that is ready to build the country. A president that is working, that is changing the tides of bad leadership. And it is showing in the country. These mm. things have been affected, that businesses have been affected by the changing tides in the policy of Nigeria. Now, Anthony, many and people this, are saying that President Goodluck Jonathan is, you know, not showing any leadership on this matter. They are saying he's unable to deal with this matter. And how is it that he can actually, what should he be able to do in order to eradicate the scourge of Boko Haram? Um, uh, uh, President Jonathan will not be able to do much to this because the focus is fighting against and more than him. He's fighting both international interests and local interests. Local interests is the, is the people of the Northern former leaders, some of which are still in part of his, uh, his leadership, in his leadership. These people are the same people that you see that are
pending problem in Nigerian politics. All right, thank you so much, Anthony. And uh, just looking at some of the other messages coming through as we are coming up to news time, Sipo Kosa says, I still firmly believe that very poor African leadership is at the core of all the challenges that Africa faces today. Uh, Josh Speaks Africa says, all these groups are created to destabilize Africa in order to root our, uh, to loot our minerals while we are fighting and they are armed by the West. And then Tebza says, AU leadership is useless. The only time they respond to our problems is after the intervention of Western countries. And Tautona says, Nigeria inviting Israel to help with locating the missing girls will only prompt the terrorists to intensify their attacks. So those are some of the views coming through from our listeners. And of course, we'll take more of those and also get our panel to respond to some of what you have raised after the news headlines with Vibakshni Chetty at 8.30. It's interesting. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And it is that time when we take your calls here on the forum at 0891-104-208. Our guests this morning, uh, we have in a studio here with us Isaac Homo, and then in our Durban studio, Dr. Ngome Zulu, and in our Pretoria studio, Dr. Maposa. And we are talking about militant insurrection on the continent. Now, you heard the views of some of our callers before that break, and I just want to ask the question, Isaac. You know, given what our listeners have just said, it seems that it's, it's almost inevitable that you will have this sort of insurgency taking place. It's inevitable, uh, inevitable because the continent is just awash with weapons. How do we rein that situation in? What needs to be done? What sort of leadership role needs to be taken at which level in order to make sure that we reverse this tide? Okay, yeah, but okay, I'll answer that. But before getting there, you know, but we would be very careful in, the, in differentiating the types of wars that we've got on the continent. You know, we've got wars which are ideological or theological, huh, which are due to political Islam, and that has come with its uh, way format in which the war is carried out. Huh? We're talking about the Al Shabaab and the Boko Harams and Al Qim. And again, we talk. We've got wars which have been with us for a long time. Yeah, which are basically political economic. Uh, wars of marginalization as you have in South Sudan when South Sudan was fighting against the North, mm-hmm. as you have in CAR, as you have in the Great Lakes. Yeah, we have actually got to divide those wars. But, but now, either way, we've got so many yeah, weapons. Exactly. Now, a- coming now, now, coming to weapons, I don't think that weapons are the cause of wars. You know, I mean to say, when uh, you've got to get down to the reasons. I mean to say that if uh, people have got a reason, they're going to get the weapons. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, they're going to get but the weapons. But they have those weapons, they're and those weapons are causing more problems. In fact, those weapons are available on the international market. That's the first thing that you should actually, uh, actually realize. Those weapons are uh, available on the international market. If you go to former, so, so, uh, former Eastern Europe, yeah, there are people who are actually selling them. I mean, so if you can get Coltrane, they can get you a whole container of weapons. And I'm telling the truth. Yeah. There are people who have got friends who are pilots who are actually flying these things and landing in the bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are, yeah. So that is it. So we have really got to get reason, we've got to get rid of the reasons that uh, this, uh, thing, that, that these, that, that, that start these wars. Yeah, more than the weapons. But How do we do that? Now we do that by actually getting the, the leadership's got to get the politics of the country right. The biggest cause of conflict in Africa is marginalization. Yeah, it's marginalization and, offer, and also the ethnicization of politics. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's well studied. Yeah, people are saying that uh, with the new dispensation of globalization and the so-called new economic order, which actually sort of did touch the African continent, where you find that um, uh, the, the the neoliberal uh, economic uh, system it's everywhere. Uh, African countries were forced to adopt a certain economic format, and that a political economic format, and that's not for discussion. Yeah, so you find that in the political spheres, opposition parties they do not have much to talk about because politics, a big part of politics is social, uh, is uh, political economics or social economics. Now that is already been decided. Now elites, in actually vying for power. They've ethnicized politics, and they're going around issues of marginalization of communities. So basically, politics on the African continent has been politicized. And it's up to the leaders to actually realize what their countries are into, uh, and to actually anticipate issues that are going to come, and actually sort of come up and actually avoid issues that mm. are coming up. Like if we talk about all these other kinds, like CAR, uh, if you talk of, uh, in fact, even Ethiopia, Ethiopia is, it can actually blow up any day. You've got the Romos who are fighting for not autonomy, independence. You've got the Gadenis who are fighting for independence. You've got to solve those political questions which are arise, arising in those areas. And that's where the leadership comes in. And I think, don't think that we've got it. Simply because most of the African leaders are not leaders that Africans want, but leaders which are imposed on the Africans by outside uh, forces. Let's go to calls and we'll come back to the rest of the panel. Naeem and Alberton, good morning. Uh, hello, uh, good morning to you and greetings to your guests. Uh, Isaac's uh, latest comments at least are a bit uh, better than his in, uh, opening salvo, which was very <laughs> narrow and very uh, short-term. Uh, you know, Islam is in uh, Africa for more than a thousand years, uh, and to attribute uh, the insurrection to this entity, he, I don't know where he comes up with this idea of political Islam. Islam is the same Islam that's been there for many, uh, for centuries. Uh, I think the, the political dimension is actually uh, what has politicized the whole world since 9-11. And this is not Islamic fundamentalism. This is actually aggress- aggressive U.S. imperialism. And it's surprising that uh, nobody has actually mentioned AFRICOM. Uh, let me just read one sentence from... Uh, it says, Some dispatches recent invest- investigations have, however, revealed that the U.S. military is indeed perverting to Africa. It now averages far more than a mission a day on the continent conducting operations with almost every African military force in almost every African country, while building or building up camps, compounds, and contingency security locations. So uh, fortunately, other guests have alluded to some of the foreign intervention, and I don't know why Isaac still refuses to uh, acknowledge the role of the arms and the people, uh, the foreign countries that supply the arms. You know, and added to that is also the uh, economic, socio-economic conditions, underdevelopment, drought, other economic factors. So it's a whole host of things. For Isaac to sort of kind of focus exclusively on this political Islam notion of his, I think is very, very short-sighted and very short-term. I mean, Islam has been in the country, as I said, for many, many centuries. So it's a, a whole range of issues. As you pointed out as well, leadership is also crucial to this. Corruption is also crucial to this. So it's a multifaceted problem, uh, economics, drought, environmental factors. And the, the biggest, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. this foreign intervention, uh, foreign, actually, the, the, the 
the operation of security agencies in Africa, is, I think, is a largely, largely, largely overlooked uh, uh, thing. Okay, okay Naeem, let's park it there. Let's take other callers. Uh, Hope in Joba, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sadina. You can't run away. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Sadina, I think uh, the problem we have is the use of the word militant insurrection. Your guests will tell you. Insurrection involves mass participation in an uprising of people against a particular system, widespread, supported by an armed force. Now, someone who puts a bomb at a taxi rank used by Christians and Muslims cannot be involved in a militant insurrection. So we have to call things by their name. Surgery, criminality, terrorism must be called with their name because blaming the president of Nigeria is like a woman gets raped, and then you, you blame the woman. We should be rallying behind Nigeria and the movement which is emerging in our continent. Mm. But then the schools of religion, and, and with the word misused, because I've spoken to a number of Muslims, very devoted. What is happening is not Islam. People are misusing Islam. And therefore we need to join the movement to say, not in our continent, not in our name, we will have to help these people out. I don't know where they will actually have to, where, where, where they will leave. We cannot get mm. sympathy. I mean, I think that's the problem. We, we want to militant, you know. I feel very aggrieved when we use the word militant uh, insurrection. I mean, these are not uh, terms we should use very loosely uh, in, in relation to this kind of thing happening in Nigeria. Nigerians are... Uh, we're not just talking about the Nigerian situation, Hope. We are talking about various situations across the African continent. Army. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but but we do take your point, and and of course, I think when people were talking about good luck, Jonathan, they were not blaming him for what is going on. What they were blaming him uh, for, if I understood it correctly, is the inaction to deal with what is currently unfolding. But let's hear from Tabiso in Pulukwane. Good morning. Uh, Sakina, good, <coughs> good morning. How are you? Well, and you? I think, Sakina, we ought to also start from the beginning and say that uh, 50 years of independence in Africa, and look at the uh, many countries in Africa and ask ourselves a question, is to have the colonizers in other particular countries left. What are the uh, conditions in those particular countries, insofar as economic conditions are concerned? Perhaps we'll be able to find a solution from there. But then also know very well, do you know the, there's a commission chaired by the former president in Beggy on the uh, illicit uh, flows of money in Africa, which is, uh, uh, which is estimated to above more than 1.2 to, 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 to 1.3 uh, uh, trillion that is being flown out of Africa. And if you look into it, you could easily realize that some of this capital that is uh, illegally flowing out of the country is the one that might actually lead to the funding of some of these uh, terrorist gangs. I think I agree with what uh, Hope has said to say that uh, we need to we need to be very clear on this particular matter mm. and say that uh, this is terrorism. This is terrorism at its highest form and should not right. be tolerated. Thank you so much, Tabiso and Pulukwane. Eric and Jova, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Welcome. Yeah, Sakina, I want to ask you a question first. To what extent do discussions like this one, these ones on the forum, actually participate or help in the resolution of the issue at hand? 
I suppose on one level, it means that we are creating a consciousness around the fact that, you know, these things are happening. We are hoping that we can educate to a certain extent, for example, talking about who these people are and perhaps what informs, um, you know, the actions that they take. And, of course, if we can come up with solutions, then hopefully those will be taken forward. Oh, and Eric is gone. But let me let me get back to our guest, uh, Dr. Ngome Zulu. You know, again, if we can just come back, pull this one back towards the question that we are asking: How do we solve this problem? Now, Isaac started on that note, uh, spoke about you know uh, the sort of efforts that need to be made uh, to deal with the political uh, questions on the ground that lead to marginalisation and um, ethnicized politi- uh, politics that usually leads to these problems. What is your take on that? Uh, I think here's a point. Here's a point. Because uh, before we can try to find any solution to these endemic problems on the African continent, we first have to establish how did they arise in the first place. Uh, we, we know that one of the mistakes we made at independence in the 1960s and 1970s is that uh, we only changed the face. We replaced the white face by black face, but then didn't change the structures that operated under colonial rule. So that is the starting point. Now, basically what happened is that uh, where the, um, uh, the whites, that is the white oppressors at the time, used the racial, played the racial card, we then came in and we still uh, maintained the social stratification, but then not using race anymore, but using other uh, variables such as uh, uh, religion, ethnicity, and so on and so forth, uh, as, as some of my colleagues have just mentioned. So basically, we have to go back there and then establish where we made our mistakes. One of the things we did as an African continent is that, uh, uh, by the way, uh, we, we take the point that uh, Africa is not a homogeneous uh, group, but then we have different uh, uh, parts of the continent uh, which were colonized by different uh, colonizers, the French, the British, and so on and so forth. So basically, the motto operation wasn't standardized, wasn't exactly the same. But the kinds of problems that we are facing are covering the entire continent. So therefore, we have to look at, firstly, look at uh, uh, our governments as they stand today. We have regional blocks, we have mm. uh, ECOWAS, mm. Commerce and so on, uh, EAC, SADC. Uh, the problem in Africa for me is not lack of policies. We have clear policies and we have a, a clear strategy. The issue here is implementation. And the problem uh, goes back to the colonial period because we don't speak in one voice. We agree as the AU that this is what we'll do as a matter of uh, agency trying to solve African problems using our own methods. But then once we leave, even the heads of state, the moment they leave the summit, be it in Addis Ababa or anywhere else, they go back to their national government, they then consider national interests, they put those before those of the continent. So basically we don't speak in one voice as, ma- as much as we have clear policies, when it comes to implementation, we don't implement th- those policies the same way because our relationship with the West is not exactly the same. Some are aligned to uh, the West, others are aligned to the former communist countries. So those uh, kind of uh, alignments have a direct impact on the manner in which we take these kinds of issues. Uh, that's why then we, we see Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab and so on uh, basically uh, being treated with white gloves in one instance and then others saying that we, we, we just have to uh, make sure that they dissipate. So we, we, we don't speak in one voice. I think that's a point of departure for me. All right, Dr. Ngome Zulu. And after the break, we'll read some of the SMSs that you have sent through as well as see if we have some time to take more calls. 
We don't know whether you'll be around to see your children grow up. We don't know whether you'll be there to pick them up when they fail or barter with them to get that A. We just don't know that. But we do know that if the worst did happen to you, someone still needs to pay for their education, whether it's UCT, Harvard, or the primary school down the road. That's why the educator benefit will pay for that, and even pay towards their school shoes and stationery. No, we don't know whether you'll be around to see your children grow up, but we do know that nothing should stop them getting an education. To give your family the liberty advantage, visit liberty.coza or speak to your advisor or broker. Ask them. They'll know. Liberty, the advantage of knowing. Liberty is an authorized financial services provider. T's and C's apply. The South African Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Guide, in partnership with SAFM, will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. We invite business from all sectors in the Northwest Province to join us at the Hunter's Rest Resort in Rustenburg on the 23rd of May 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Lachanemi on 082-923-4402 or email at rsvp at bbmmedia.co.za. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. On the forum at 8 this morning, we tried to answer the question, how do we solve the problem of militant insurrection on the continent? And of course, uh, Ho Papo does not like that term, but that's what we decided to uh, call it this morning. And we are trying to answer that question. And our guests this morning have been trying to move us in that direction. Isaac Homo from Channel Africa, uh, Dr. Ngome Zulu from UKZN, as well as uh, Dr. Maposa from ISA. So uh, I just want to read through some emails very quickly um, before we go back to our guests. This one says, can your guests please explain African solutions for African problems? Does this mean that Africans make the decisions that Europeans and America finance? Um, and that's a very important question, Dr. Maposa. Let me put that to you immediately. Yes, thank you, Sakina. Um, African uh, solutions to African problems should be understood uh, well that it does not mean that we divorce ourselves from the uh, from the global actors. We are not an island. We have external factors that uh, operate within the continent. And so in devising our solutions to our problems means also engaging with external parties. But largely it means uh, being actively engaged, not at the elite level, of the national um, uh, heads of states, but also at the grassroots level, where people are affected by, are impacted by the violent conflict. Do you think uh, that's what's happening currently? Well, there are many efforts towards that. In fact, uh, but it's not happening. It is happening. Last week, I was in Kaburoni for over a two-day um, Southern uh, African region uh, consultative meeting, which brought uh, civil society together from the uh, Southern African development community. Uh, through which we worked out uh, on our observations and uh, recommendations which will be tabled to the, on the sidelines of the Peace and Security Council on Sunday in Addis Ababa. There is quite a lot. Indeed, uh, faith-based organizations are doing a lot. Individuals 
uh, universities are doing a lot working mm. and doing research uh, on these issues. But I think the question, uh, you know, is located at a state level in terms of what the leadership is doing there. Are they taking their lead from the West or, you know, are African leaders actually at the forefront of presenting these solutions? They are at the forefront uh, of presenting these solutions. And by the way, this is not an event. This is not a one-day uh, issue. We are talking about complex, a complex problem which, uh, which demands for a complex uh, approaches. And this problem um, should be viewed on a long-term um, 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 trajectory uh, which will involve also nation-building, state-building, and also addressing issues around border security. Um, um, addressing issues around livelihoods, around the issue of climate change, and so on. This mm. is quite a complex uh, uh, problem. How long, how long is what I can imagine people are asking. But let me just read through some more of these uh, emails here. Um, Helena says, all wars are bankster-driven. It's conquer, divide, uh, also known as economic hitmen, and a strategy used by the IMF and central banks, uh, corporatocracy. It's nauseating. Seppo and Joburg says, the biggest mistake is to call despicable rebels thugs and terrorist militants. This is a vulgarization of the word militant, which is historical, uh, which has historical significance to movements about fundamental economic and social change of our societies. And then Muhammad says, born and practicing Muslims um, uh, or know, and they've been taught that Wahhabi are a sect that are considered outside of the fold of Islam due to their belief and interpretations of the Holy Quran. And then Spiwa and KZN says, your guest must not go on an anti-West crusade when he talks about Africa's problems. Why is he quiet about China's presence in these wars, um, in these war-torn zones? And then William in Hout Bay says, African governments have a habit of slagging off the West and Israel, yet plead with these same countries for help when things go horribly wrong. The latest example is the involvement of the US, the UK, France and Israel in finding the kidnapped girls in Nigeria because that country's government knows it can't deal with the problem and that the AU is useless. Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, at the core of these terrorist groups is the issue of control of resources and Western vested interests. And Chris in Joburg says, Dr. Ngome Zulu, uh, explain the main objective of these Islamic groups, please, if you can. Now, we are just about, uh, you know, running out of time, but I want to take two quick, quick callers. Bashir in Lanasia, very briefly, good morning. Hi. I think uh, Mr. Komo needs to realize that, uh, you know, uh, politics, uh, economics, uh, corruption, bad governance is the, is, the, is the root cause of problems. Religious extremism is a byproduct. Trying to isolate Islam is, is, is quite ridiculous because, I mean, Islam has been around for 1,500 years. Arabic is a lingua franca of Africa. Uh, you know, the, the famous word Uhuru comes from Arabic, Huria, freedom. You know, so uh, tr uh, trying to take on Islam is, is quite foolish. I think he's either naive or prejudiced. Thanks, oh, again. Thank you. Let's also hear from Warren in Durban. Good morning. Okay, we've lost Warren there. Um, is that very briefly? Yeah, I would like to just make something clear. You know, I'm trying to differentiate between the, the problems in Africa, those of which coming from the militant Wahhabis and those which are coming from imperialism. Those are two different things, and we should not mix them. Those which come from Wahhabis, they are actually based in the political Islam. 
and I don't like to talk much about them. It's a separate program in its own. But when you talk about uh, issues of Africa, these have actually come from imperialism. You look at uh, the African uh, foreign solutions on African problems, things like in Libya, yeah, and Ivory Coast, whereby uh, African initiative was not given a chance to actually to play out. Now, these are things that you've got to look at. But we cannot run away from the fact that uh, the Wahhabias, the Salafis, have actually brought in terrorism here. People have been bombed, people have been killed, the girls have been kidnapped, and they are claiming to be Islamists. We have got to face it. I'm not saying that all Islamists are terrorists. No, we've got the Qadirias, we've got the Tajanias. I grew up in Tanzania where with very many Muslim friends. But those ones there, they're not what we've got here, the Salafis. They're the two different things. We should not run away from that. Okay, and just to bottom line it, with regard to our question, how do we solve this problem? Um, very briefly, Dr. Maposa. Um, it needs a whole of society uh, approach through which we engage the regional economic uh, groupings, we engage with friendly governments, we engage civil society. And indeed, there is no one actor, no one single strategy that can address this problem. And this is a long-term, uh, it needs long-term investment and uh, continued direct focus. And also, while I remain concerned about this case of terrorism, I would like also to underscore that taking a positive and appreciative approach towards the problem is the way to, uh, to, to address the problem and appreciate the efforts uh, that are being done by different actors. And also, Dr. Ngomezulu, very briefly, uh, just to bottom line this discussion. Much. I mean, before I do that, there's a question that was uh, directed uh, at me by Chris, asking me to, uh, to spell out the aim of the Islamic groups. Uh, to be honest, I don't think that we can provide a single answer to this because, uh, as my colleague has just said, this is not just a one single homogeneous group that is um, aiming to achieve a specific goal. Uh, if you look at Al-Shabaab, for instance, uh, when the Islamic Court uh, Union in, uh, in fact was uh, uh, disrupted, then some went into exile and then, of course, some were incarcerated and then they formed the group for a different purpose. Mm, and if you and look at Boko Haram, it's a different ball game. Yeah. So to answer question directly then, I think there are a couple of things we need to do. Uh, one uh, uh, umbrella is that we have to use a carrot and stick approach. Those who are basically doing the right thing should be rewarded and then those who are causing havoc on the continent should be punished. And the UN cannot be taken out of this equation for the simple reason that uh, most of the discussions that uh, affect the entire world are discussed at the UN General Assembly but resolutions are passed by the UN Security Council. And there we are going to leave it. Clearly, no simple uh, solutions to this problem. But I'm hoping that at least we got some way to discussing the problems and finding some form of solution to what is being presented. Thank you so much for your fantastic participation, as always. And also to our guests, Isaac Homo, Dr. Gomezulu, and Dr. Maposa this morning. And, of course, the production team who made sure it all went out loud and clear. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And take care until then. It is 9 o'clock and time for the latest news with Vibakshini Chetty.